Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 25, Clinched with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on your website right on your phone. And now, Smitty. As a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for the BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. That is BETUS.com. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. You know, if you bet on the Bruins to beat the Ottawa Senators on April 14th, you lost. <laughs> you certainly did. <laughs> the Weekend Review, April 14th. Ottawa Senators, a 3-2 to two loss. And in one word, it was unacceptable. Terrible second period, as has been the case several times this season. Much of the third, they cannot possess the puck. Too many odd man chances for Ottawa and defensive breakdowns. Linus Allmark left the game, uh, and then they just seemed to fold after that. Leaves during the intermission. Swayman comes in, gives up a goal immediately. Power play is now officially a mess as well. It is. It was just bad. I mean, you have a 2 nothing lead after one period. Allmark leaves with the injury. Then Swayman comes in and immediately gives up a goal from behind the goddamn goal line. And then you take a couple of penalties, maybe questionable. Bergeron was pissed when they called the penalty to put him down five on three. Ottawa gets two goals, and there you have it. The game's, game's done. They couldn't, couldn't do anything. The power play lets them down. The PK lets them down. Way too many odd man chances for the Sens in the third. Uh, the silver lining was Swayman in the third period was excellent. This game could have gotten way out of hand. They could have been down, you know, six or seven to one. Uh, they gave up a bunch of breakaways, you know, two on ones. So it would have been nice if they could have pulled one out for him there. But it, it carried over to it, the Pittsburgh it, game. Yeah, it did. And, and Pittsburgh was a two to one win. And it was a good bounce back after that awful Ottawa loss, I thought. Nice to see them respond with a good defensive effort for the most part. Didn't lose the 2 nothing lead uh, like they've done so many times this season. Much better job of finishing the game, I thought. And, of course, like you said, Swayman then picks up the next game against Pittsburgh and plays really well. So maybe if that's the one several inning, it, it maybe got Swayman back on track. So now you have a, a goalie competition again. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. The Bruins started fast in this one with two goals in, uh, you know, the first minute and 12 early in the first. Both on rebound chances. We've been mm, hopping on yeah, that a little bit. Rebounds. Uh, and uh, made the lead stand up. Not a great second, but Swayman had a great second and a great game overall. The PK was good, and they um, simplified things. They held the lead. Not the prettiest, especially in the second, but they get the two points, and they clinch his playoff spot for the sixth year in a row. Yeah, six years in a row. They're in the playoffs, and in the playoffs, every other Bruce Cassidy's been here as head coach. Yeah, so that was the clincher, and it sort of got that out of the way. I think that that was sort of hanging over their heads a little bit there as well. Uh, and then last night, April 19th at St. Louis, 3-2 to two win in overtime. And this was, I thought, for the most part, one of their better games in weeks, I thought, from beginning to end. The end of the second period, of course, another 
Gaff defensively, 2.4 seconds left. They give up the lead 2-2. Two to two. It was a great tip by Thomas. It was a fantastic tip. But the coverage in front of the net was not good at all. Carlo gets beat to the net. Krizlik standing there on the side of the net. Uh, and the puck goes in. And again, they give up a late goal in the period. But for the most part, I, I thought they played the style of hockey that they've played when they've been successful under Cassidy. A lot of defensive support in their end. Uh, the forwards really def- defending the slot area. They stole a lot of pucks in the slot. It led to transition. A lot of good breakouts into the zone. Much better efficiency going, you know, entering the zone, I thought, uh, for the most part. And uh, just a really good overall effort against a team that was white hot. Absolutely. I thought it was a really good road game and probably the best game they've played in a long time. Minus the the 2.4 seconds in the second period. Uh, They did snap the Blues nine game winning streak and a 12 game streak. The Blues had with four or more goals in 12 straight games. DeBrusque had a nice goal on the wrap and the rebound. Another rebound goal. Hall with a beautiful tip on the shot by Forbert from the point. And then McAvoy with an absolute sniper to win it in OT off a great feed from DeBrusque from behind the net. Swayman was really good again. I thought the game had a playoff feel. It was a great, great road game. They didn't give the Blues much, uh, especially against a really good team, offensive team, off the rush and in transition. And it was a great win on the road against, a, you know, like I said, a really good hot team. Right, and a, and a, a rebound goal and a tip goal. So those are the types of goals we've been talking about uh, that they don't typically generate when they're not going well. And those are two goals right there. Uh, and Jake has 23 goals. Two away from 25, and that was my prediction, prediction on episode one of this very podcast. People should go back and listen to episode they should, one. They should. <laughs> laugh they at should. us. Yeah, the laugh at time. us a little because it's probably not as good as it has been. But that was a, a, a strong prediction right there. Your Marshan Hunt prediction has probably been lost in these last eight yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, not, not going <laughs> yeah. so well. Marshan's kind of struggled a little bit since he came back from the, from the uh, suspension. It feels to me like he's pressing now like it hasn't happened for him so now he's pressing a little bit I think he was a little timid when he first came back too just because he needs to be kind of on that edge in the scrums kind of winning pucks he does things where he kind of slides into a guy's legs to kind of win puck battles like it feels like that's not really there and he's made some terrible decisions out by his offensive blue line that have led to goals going the other way so he really needs to to be better um, it looked like early in the season that maybe that was going to happen. I mean, he's never going to win it because everybody in the league hates no, him. Right. But he should have been in the conversation early in the season, but it, it, it has gone on the wayside, I guess. Yeah, it has. And I, and I think you're right. I think maybe there's a little bit of, there may be a little bit of an injury there too. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but he's just not playing the same way. Right. Uh, all right, time for Seven Chirp, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you, you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them on social media at lopsbrewing. For new beers and events, chirp number one. What's the main priority now for the bees now that they have clinched and they're heading into the playoffs? First and foremost, health. Yeah. Pasternak needs to be healthy. Lindholm needs to be healthy. Allmark needs to be healthy. And I think now that you've clinched, especially so nobody's really chasing you, there's, there's, you can jockey for position a little bit, I suppose. But the main goal in my mind is to get those guys as healthy as they can possibly be heading into the postseason. I agree. If you don't have health, you don't have anything because you're you're at your if you're not at your best, if you don't have a full lineup, then you can't beat 
four good teams in a row four times. You no. can't win 16 games in the playoffs without Lindholm and Pasternak or, you know, whatever. Or if you lose somebody else, God forbid. So you can't – if you don't have health, you don't have anything. And I don't think there's enough of a gap there with teams. There are so many good teams. There's not enough of a gap there to say, okay, yeah, if you get that team and then this team gets bumped – you can't really do that because everybody's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, all you know? the teams are good. There's yeah. really no one you would want to face. I mean, Washington maybe, but you're not going to face them. Right. And then my other, my other one that I would say as a kind of a 1B or 1C, you know, much, for, much lower in the list is getting the specialty team straightened out. Oh, right. True. True. And in 2011, they really struggled on the power play. But the difference is, is that they were the best five-on-five team in 2011. They were. Without question. Yeah. And they're not the best, you know, five-on-five team right now. They're not. So that's how they overcame that. So they can't overcome 0 for 26 or whatever it is on the power play in the playoffs. They, they just can't do it. They mm-hmm. need to score power play goals. So you have to get that together. But you don't do that without your full lineup. So full lineup is, for me, is definitely number one. All right, trip number two, Bruins have 12 losses against playoff teams since January 1st. Only three times, and I did the research, only three times did they have a full lineup. That means at least one core, like, good player was out. Not, you know, the guys you kind of platoon in. One core guy was out at least. Does that change your thought against them in the playoffs and the fact that just beat two playoff teams in a row if they are fully healthy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Obviously, that makes a big difference, you know, if you have core guys out against playoff teams that that's going to change your lineup and change the way you play but the bottom line is it all it all really comes back to goaltending if you get good goaltending you'll be in games their defensive structure has has been good as much as we you know harp on the fact that the third pair defense hasn't been great really all year their defensive structure is good they're one of the best defensive teams in the league and that's the kind of hockey that you need to play in the playoffs so if they get good goaltending and their defensive structure is good their specialty teams need to be better, mm-hmm. but they can play with anyone, right. I feel like. And if you have, you know, McAvoy, Lindholm, Grizzly, Carlo, that's as good a pair of four of pairing you have out there in your conference. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. And that's, those are four good players. So especially with Carlo playing much better now, and he is playing much better. Like the people who rip on him constantly. Yeah. And he did get beat to the net last night, but for the most part, he's been very good since, you know, mid-January. Yeah, I thought, so, I, I thought especially the last, you know, handful of games, he's been yeah. really good. Last night he, he made a couple of mistakes, but overall he's been really good. Yeah. You know? So I think that their defensive structure, like you said, if they play like they did last night, they have a really good chance to at least get out of the first round. They mm-hmm. really do. All right, chirp number three. Since Doc Emmerich retired, can anyone actually do hockey play-by-play anymore nationally? <laughs> <laughs> who was the guy that was calling games? Night at the Roxbury? What yeah, the I don't fuck know was going on with that? I don't know who that Roxy guy is. fucking Roxy P- Pilgrim? What the hell is this guy's <laughs> yeah. name? I mean, Jesus. I don't know where they find these guys. Now, I will say, we only had, I don't, the Bruins only had, have they had Ida Ocal at all? He does. He they, they had him for uh, in game, oh in game stuff, but not the play by play. No, and then uh, Butcher Gross. Yeah, they've had Butcher had a couple times. A couple times, and he's fine. But the but some of these guys are rolling out there. My God, if you're longing for Jack Edwards, then you're then you're in trouble. Then there's something wrong there. Yeah, they've yeah. had they've had Levy, I think, a few times, and yeah, he's and he's all right. I he's, mean, he's fine. fine. Yeah, I, I I'm not crazy about the guys that they they have doing it. Sean McDonough does some of the NBC, he I does. think, and he's uh, yeah. I, he's excellent. He's very good. He's always been good yeah. at hockey. He hasn't done it enough, in my opinion, right. over the years. He used to do the bean pot. He's yeah. really good. 
but yeah, I just the national guys just seem a bunch of them just seem to not not be very good at all. Uh, is it time? Is trip number four? Is it time for Jack Edwards to hang it up? I, I feel like I kind of like the weirdness. I mean, he's definitely lost his fastball. Like he's mispronouncing yeah. guys' names. Yeah. He doesn't know who certain players are when they make a play. Like he's confusing different guys too, which isn't great. I mean, I don't know if that's some of him not being there in person for a long stretch of time that it's just taking him a little while to get back into it. But it seems he's lost his fastball a little bit, but I like the weird. I like the, you know, that he's yeah. just saying like he needs to be erect and like yeah, all these yeah, like yeah. just odd things that he yeah. says, you know, he had the big soliloquy about some history thing a few years ago, oh, yeah. like the gitchy goomy and yeah, all this the Ella, stuff. Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just, yeah. it's strange as hell, but I mean, he's our guy and <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like the fact that he's just, you yeah. never have any clue what he's going to say yeah. next. Well, he's turned into your crazy single uncle. Right. You know, that's just kind of in the corner of the room, like saying shit. <laughs> yeah. And then you laugh a little and then you just leave him there. Yeah. And that's, that's Jack right now. And I think it's come to the point now. I, I, me personally, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing somebody else in there. Give him a severance pay and, and send him off. But I will say this. I think he's turning the corner into the senile dude who's just going to do it until he dies. Like, he's going to do it until he's 80. Right. He's 65 right now. I couldn't believe that when he's, he told me yeah, that. He's 65. And I was like, whoa, okay. That, that you know, that's... You know, yeah. I guess that explains some of it. But uh, I, I think he's just going to be even more and more senile and say weird shit. And that's just going to be him. And it's going to become like folklore. It's going to become like, yeah. you know, he's iconic in a way. <laughs> so weirdly iconic. But uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, it's funny. I didn't really love Jack Edwards for the longest time. But now I kind of, he's kind of like that uncle that you kind of like now it's endearing. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's definitely grown on me. I yeah. didn't like him at all because I, I, and I still think this to be true. He talks too much during the game. Oh, he does so much. Oh my god, so much. Just let the let the game speak for itself. Yeah. Sometimes, like I sometimes, know. like he'll talk. The crowd's going berserk, yeah. and he'll just talk over it and be right. like, "Oh, the crowd's really loud. Yeah. No shit, yeah. dude. Let me hear them." Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, right. it's like. It, he just he's always been that way yes. uh but it but it has kind of grown on me yeah. over the years and you know i do i do like listening to him better than roxy carmichael or whoever the hell oh, is i know calling I the game last night is. so yeah I, I i do appreciate him yeah all right trip number five 2011 bruins as we just mentioned struggled on the power play in the postseason won the cup does that make you feel any better about the Bruins and their power play woes and chances in the playoffs. No, it does not. No, it does not. <laughs> not at all. Not a, not even a little bit. Because, no. like you said, that 2011 team was the best five on five team in the league. It was. And this team is not. They need to score power play goals. They're not going to get as many opportunities in the playoffs because mm -hmm. you know the referees kind of swallow the whistle a little bit. But they need to have their specialty team straightened out in order to move forward and go further in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Who, who, who are your two units on the power play? If everybody's healthy. I think I'm still going McAvoy, Marchand, Pasta, Bergeron. The net front, I don't love Hall at the net front. To me, I might put Coyle there or DeBrusque there. Mm -hmm. I, maybe DeBrusque because I right. think DeBrusque is good around the front of the net with tips, rebounds. So I probably would put DeBrusque there. And then the second unit, Grizzlick, Lindholm, Paul Coyle Smith. Okay. Probably. Okay. Kevin Paul DuPont tweeted out, he had Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Coyle, Grizzlick, top line, mm -hmm. and then McAvoy and Lindholm with Hall, Halla, DeBrusque. 
Oh, I forgot about Hala. You know, I'd probably want McAvoy up there because he's really coming to his own, I think. So I want him up there on the top line. But I don't mind Coyle as playing that Krejci type of thing because they added Krejci late in the year uh, on the power play last year. Or yeah, fourth forward. On fourth the, forward. Yeah. I don't mind Coyle being there because he's a possession guy. Yeah, He'll absolutely. Win some pucks, right. keep some stuff alive. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. And then having Grizzlick and, I don't know if it's Grizzlick and Lindholm or if it's whatever it is, or if it's just Grizzlick and you do, you do DeBrusque and, and, and uh, Halla and Hall and Smith, you know, on yeah. the second unit. But I don't mind Coyle being up there. Try that out for a bit. And he can get to the front. He can win pucks in the corner and get to the front of the net. You yeah. Know? He's a big body. He's a, yeah. So I, I don't mind that if, if they're uh, looking to if they're looking for my advice. All right, chirp number <laughs> six. Do the Bruins finally have a group of legitimate prospects? Wouldn't that be fucking fun? Oh my god, they have a farm system. Wouldn't that so be fucking fun? Wouldn't it? I mean, Johnny Beecher in college never really put up the numbers. No. But people have said that he may be a better pro than a college player. In college, he was kind of playing second fiddle to a lot of those. I mean, well, they, Michigan, they had a wagon. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So they had a ton of, you know, first-round picks that were playing the top two lines. He was a center, so, you know, Matty Berniers and some other guys were playing in front of him who have a little more offensive skill. So I love his size. I love his skating ability. Right. Uh, if he just develops a little bit of finish and um, passing ability, whatever, a little bit of production, he, he'll be in the league for a long, long time. Yeah, and, and I agree. That speed he showed. He scored two goals last night, two goals and an assist, and the last goal, the game winner, flew down the left wing, like just flying at 6'3". Big boy. But again, if this, and people are going to say it, there are people out there who are going to say that this was a bad pick from the get-go because it was a first-round pick. But look, it was the 30th pick, and if you look at that draft, there are three or four guys that you might have said, okay, maybe they should have taken this guy or that guy, but it's not that great of a draft. And it was 30th, okay? So then he comes in and is a bottom six guy that makes under, uh, under a million. And you can have him out there with speed, and he plays third and fourth line, back and forth, whatever. If he's Thomas Nosek making short money, then I'm all on board. Because I think they haven't be, been able to do that. I think he's going to be better than Nosek. Well, that, and that's fine. Yeah. Great. Because he, he'll penalty kill, too. He's faster than Nosek is. Right. He might be one of the fastest guys in the league when he comes in. Yeah. I mean, he size. really, he really might be. So I think that's that's the that's the point. I, they have not developed enough bottom six guys, which is why they had to go out and buy like four of them. Yeah. Before the season, so now you can really turn it over. You can have Steen, Beecher, and McLaughlin as three bottom six guys next season, making under a mil. I mean, that's pretty good. It is. That's that's going to help because you paid through the ass for the defense. <laughs> you, know? you did, so, and, you, and you gave Felino, you know, right. two years at almost four. So Right. So I think that that's really key. Now, you have to give Don Sweeney a lot of credit. If he revamped the entire thing in one year with Lysel and Harrison and, and these guys, McLaughlin and Callahan scored the other day, and all these guys yeah. come in. Beecher, Merkelov. That's Love. pretty freaking good. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty. The, the goaltender was the AHL oh. player of the month, too. Yeah. The was it Brandon Bussey? Bussey? Yeah. yeah. And he won two games, first two games of Providence. Yeah. So I think that if he revamped that whole thing in one year, that deserves a lot of credit. I know that people will rip on his drafting, and his draft may suck again this year. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, but I, think he's, I think he's preparing for that because they don't have a first-round pick. So I think he's preparing for that. By they, Not only is he getting these guys, he's getting guys who are really close to NHL ready. Yes. You know, he's getting guys who next year could really vie for spots, mm-hmm. like four or five of them. Yeah. So I think that that's, uh, 
Something that should be talked about for sure. All right, chirp number seven. Is the Bruins Bender's jinx over? Well, <laughs> I mentioned this on Twitter. Somebody asked, did you guys record right. last night? And we didn't. Nope. This, is, this is a Wednesday morning, right. after, early afternoon recording session. So does that count? Does I think it, it counts because we, to be honest, we record after the Tuesday night game. We do. All the time. Okay. Yeah. So it's not because we recorded before. We always do it after. We do. So this was, a, this was again, a game. They lost to St. Louis the very same way yeah. on a Tuesday night yeah. uh, in disappointing fashion. And then they come in and they get one of the better wins of the year last night right before we record. So next week... Florida Panthers, <laughs> who've won like 45 in a row. Yeah. Yeah, coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, I, we, I mean, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that the jinx is over when they have to go against Florida next week. Yeah, if they lose the, 8-1 next week, yeah, then it's the, back. Then it's definitely back on. So, yeah, we might have to sacrifice a goat or something yeah. at some point. Sounds, yeah, maybe, maybe people can come up with ideas. Maybe that'll be the poll next week. Yes. What are we sacrificing? Yeah, let's let's keep that in mind. I like All right. that. Time to check in on the Whipping Boys. I have to hand it to Trent Frederick. Great response after a scratch against Ottawa. Comes in, scores a goal immediately, almost immediately against Pittsburgh. Plays really well. And Bruce Cassidy had some extra high praise for him that I saw quoted uh, on Twitter last night about how he has really helped that third line. He's found a niche. He's found a role. And went on for a bit about Frederick. And maybe that's that scratch is something Freddie could look at and say, look, he's still borderline. I mean, he's still a guy who's replaceable if he doesn't do the couple of things he brings to the table. So I think that that scratch hopefully has showed him, like, if you take stupid penalties, if you aren't doing much, you know, to carry your weight, we have other guys. We have other, and they do now with McLaughlin and maybe Steen, maybe Bleed, have some other guys that can do what Frederick can do if he doesn't do it well. So I think that that was a, that was a big moment for him, hopefully, and that he can now carry it through the rest of the season. But uh, that was a great response by him against Pittsburgh. Yeah, and my whipping boy is Connor Clifton, and I feel like he's playing the same way he's played all year. He's had some good moments, and he's had some bad moments. Last night, he had a few bad moments. He was walked around by Shen. There was Early, another play yeah. by Cairo where he came in, cut to the middle, and Clifton almost fell over. Mm. Cairo got a really good shot off, and uh, Swayman made a, had a great glove save. So he's the same as he's always been. He does provide some physicality. He's out of position a lot. He's going to get walked by guys who are fast mm -hmm. to the outside because he's out of position a little bit and takes bad angles or can't pivot as quickly as he should. But he's probably one of your better options back there on the right side because, you know, as much as we've talked about left side defensemen over the course of the season, the right side really is, a, is thinner in my opinion, I it think. Is. Mm -hmm. So he's probably your best eye. He's a better option than Brown. Brown's a turnover machine. Yeah, he's just and not very good. He's physical, but he can't really skate that well. He doesn't have a great first pass. So in my opinion of, of the guys available on that side, unless you want somebody playing their offside, which I don't think you do, he's probably the best option there at the at the third wow. pair right D. You know, Brown well. Brown is there, Jared Tenorti of this. He's just right. their guy in case a couple of guys get hurt and they're really suffering. So uh, he's a he's a true depth defenseman, Brown. And I think Clifton, you know, is fine if he just 
just stays stays within himself, doesn't get out of his own way. Like, Jesus. But I think he's fine for the most part. In fact, he was on a couple of pairings that were amongst the top analytically in 5-1-5 play for much of the year. He was in there with Forbort and somebody else, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it either. I, I can't believe it. My, my eyes have failed me. <laughs> All right, beauties and benders time. Uh, my three beauties for this week. Number three, Georgie Merkulov, who made his debut with the Providence Bruins, and he had two assists uh, and a shootout goal that was an absolute snipe, showing just tremendous hands and offensive ability. And then he scored his first uh, real pro, real pro goal uh, in the second game. So Merkulov really looks like a guy who could really be something uh, offensively, and he can play center which is very appealing (laughs) (laughs) to to say the least. Yeah. I mean, that would be big. Yeah. Number two, Johnny Beecher. Beecher led the team in shots with four in game one with Providence. And then the second game with Providence had two goals, including the game winner and showed blazing speed up the left side. He's got great speed and he can, like you said, penalty kill. He's big. He'd be one of the bigger Bruins if he stepped on the ice today. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk about him being bottom six, and that's probably the ceiling. And that's fine if that's what he brings to the table, is that uh, speed and size. And if he's better than Thomas Nosek, then you have something there for sure. Absolutely. And then number one, the entire Bruins team. The Bruins, <laughs> showed I thought, showed a lot of, lot of resilience. One thing you can't say about the Bruins if they, is that they haven't been a resilient bunch for the last... However many years, eight years, nine years, like they always seems like if it's starting to crumble, they find a way to circle the wagons. And a lot of it speaks to their core mm-hmm. and a lot of it speaks to Cassidy yeah. and, and how they just are able to be professional and go out and, and write the ship. And they beat two very good teams after a terrible loss to Ottawa mm-hmm. when guys are dropping like flies and they just persevered. And that should be commended. Yeah, I agree with you. I, they they had. Um, I totally lost my train of thought when you started to talk there. <laughs> I I had a point that I wanted to make. Yeah, well, and, they had injuries, and, and, they had, and, you know. and I and I don't know what yeah. it is anymore. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just move on. Right. We'll just move on. Right. Their their perseverance is just makes you speechless. It does. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Does. So we'll just move on. So my three beauties. I start with number three. I have Eric Halla, who scored a goal this week. He continues to really provide exactly what they're looking for in the second line center. He's been great, especially with Pasternak out. Him and Hall have uh, still kept up the production for the most part. Not as not as much as when Pasta was there, obviously, but uh, they've still both been pretty good and still producing, and, and he's really been a real good fit there on that second line center. Mm. Uh, number two, I have Jake DeBrusque. He's been phenomenal since he moved up to the top line. I was skeptical. I said he can't play as offside. Well, he's proving me wrong because he's continued to produce he's played really well up there goal and assist this week he you know set up the game winner last night against st louis so he's just been really really good closing in on maddie's prediction of 25 goals mm-hmm. and closing in on his career high of 27 goals mm-hmm. so um yes. you know if he gets hot here a little bit he could uh, challenge that and then number one i have charlie mcavoy who scored the ot game winner against st louis He's been the stud all year long, career high in goals now, career high in points, and he's had more points each year as he's as he's been in the league and, and seems to be really growing into that lead dog uh, role, number one power play. Some bumps in the road there, but as he's gone along, 
I think it'll continue to grow into that and, and really be a force for them for years to come. Sure, for sure. All right, time for the benders. My three benders. Number three is Danton Heinen. Face it. You're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. I, I'll tell you what. I told you last week I don't miss Tori Krug. I miss Danton Heinen less. Of course you do. You know, I mean, fuck Christ. He has now a career high in 17 goals. He scores against the Bruins. But I don't miss him one iota. And I don't think the Bruins do either, to no. be quite honest with you. No. And people are going to say, see, we told you about Danton Heinen. Danton Heinen is what he is. He's okay. You know, he's fine. He's going to come up for another... You know, cal- uh, contract here soon. He's making 1.1 right now. He's going to make, you know, a couple mil. And it's going to be too much for me. Sorry, dude. Like, yeah. I, So I, I get more irritated when Danton Heinen scores a goal than really missing him. Like, I'm like, you're not that good, dude. Like, you, we saw it with our own two fucking eyes here. Yeah, he, you know? he, he was terrible. Terrible. Until he went to Pittsburgh and right. got a chance to play with Crosby and Gensel and Russ. Right. And, well, right. I mean, it's the, it's the, right. it's the Kevin Stevens rule. Right. Like, it's Rob Brown. Right. right. Yeah. Rob Brown had a 144-point season or whatever with the <laughs> right. Penguins one year. Right. Because right. he was playing with fucking Mario Lemieux. <laughs> right. Right. You know? right. Dan Heinem yeah. plays with good players. Yeah. Right. You know, right. just by the luck of the draw, he's going to put a few in. So right. let's relax. I right. mean, he was awful in Anaheim. He was. He's, terrible. he's making 1.1 for a reason. He's on his second or third team after the Bruins for a reason. It's because he stinks. Right. He does. 52 <laughs> games with Anaheim, 10 goals, 8 assists, minus 14. Yeah. You know, come on. That, we don't miss that. We no. don't miss that guy. Uh, in, in fact, right now he has 31 points. He had 47 in his first full season with the Bruins. So this is not even close to his best season with the Bruins. No. So uh, enough with the Danton Heinen stuff, and I get irritated, so he takes a bender this week. <laughs> My God. Number two, Sidney Crosby. Basically, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. I have Sidney Crosby at number two for making Danton Heinen a better player than he is. <laughs> I mean, my God. Uh, and, and the fact that I just can't stand Sid's whining and his in the you know, all the favoritism he gets with the officials and all the bullshit yeah. with Sid. I mean he's a great player, obviously. He's still a really Great he's player. still a great player. He is, and he's been a great player now for a long time, longer than you think. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know. I'm just not a Sid Crosby guy. I'm just not. And maybe it's because he's the superstar on the opposing rival team. Yeah. And that's, you know, I hated Magic Johnson. Yeah, You know, I hated, I was like, hated Derek Jeter or whatever, yeah. but I just can't stand uh, Sidney Crosby, and he reminded me of that on Saturday. Uh, and then Bender number one, Craig Berube. You're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. Fuck that guy. Absolutely. I mean, mean, seriously, the guy's a whiner. He got into the officials' heads in that Stanley Cup final, which I absolutely guarantee happened. Yes. And it totally turned the series around. They were a bunch of henchmen back then. They weren't as good as the Bruins in 19. They're probably as good as the Bruins now, but they weren't in 19 and they came all the way back from being one of the doormats of the league in January to winning the Stanley cup. And I just don't, I don't, I don't like the guy. No, I don't. I don't either. I think he's a whiny bitch, especially for being a tough guy. Like complain more about shit, dude. Your guys are all fucking taking runs. They bored yeah. people. They can cuss right. people. They're trying to hurt people. Barbashev again last night. Like that guy's just a joke. And and Barubi's a joke. And I can't stand him. I'll I'll hate that team. I'll hate him forever. 
for the 19 thing. Uh, they got lucky in certain instances. The puck goes into the fucking crowd, comes back into play. They score. An egregious trip call in the corner doesn't get called. I mean, get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. Like you are, And they, give, they gave out fucking fake Stanley Cup rings last night. They did. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Fuck the Blues. Yeah. Fuck that whole thing. <laughs> right. I'm so glad the Bruins won that game. Oh, I my really gosh. Am. Yeah, it felt good. When McAvoy scored, and just kind of stood there and saluted. Yeah. And, and I just felt so good about the whole thing. Like, yep. You know, screw Tory Krug and your bullshit. Shit. Like all of it. Like I just, I'm done with it. Uh, so number three, I have Mike Riley. Face it, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Has Riley taken all the high sticking oh penalties gosh. in the entire league? And every time he looks at the official, like, what did I do? Like, he's wielding his stick out uh, there like a fucking drum majorette. Uh, he's, he's like just, swinging it around and doing uh, all this shit. Like, uh, take control of yourself, dude. Oh god, fuck, crying he takes out loud. A lot of penalties. We can't have you on the ice if you're nope. gonna take penalties nope. all the time. Nope. All the time. Those are power play goals in the playoffs, and we're screwed. Yes. Yeah. All the time. Can't do it. Uh, number two, Zach Sinishin. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. So he was scratched when the Bruins played Ottawa. Uh, his first game in, he plays eight minutes and 48 seconds. The only guy on the team under 10 minutes, and he had zero, zero, zero with zero shots. You know what he had a second game? Four minutes, 15 seconds. Zero, <laughs> zero, zero, no shots. And you, and you know how many shifts he had in, in the second game? Six. Yeah, you're three in six. the first period, three in the second period, and zero wow. in the third period. Can you imagine? Zero. On that absolute dumpster fire of a team? Zero. And this is what he gives. Zero. Wow. Zero. But he never got a chance yeah. in Boston. I wonder why he didn't get yeah. a chance. Because he stinks. Because he stinks. It was a bad pick. You can a- get all over them for the pick. Yeah. All over them. Because even when the pick was made, it was questioned severely. DeBrusque and Zaboral, not as much. They were no. around the right time. Yes. Sinitian, way out of bounds. It would happen right in the analysis of the pick. Mm-hmm. So you can get all over the pick. But you can't get over the fact that the Bruins didn't give him a chance. He actually did better with the Bruins. He had a goal in 14 games. Like, he did better with the Bruins than he is now. He stinks. He does. He's not an NHL player. He's not. Get over it. Uh, And then my number one bender is at Foots Penguins. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. So this guy, as a Blues fan, tweeted out, sure would be a shame if Brad Marchand suffered a career-ending injury in St. Louis tonight. See, that goes with the, with the Berube effect. Yeah. Then we're just going to run guys, we're going to hurt guys. Yeah. I yeah. mean, let's, let's have Brad Marchand just lose his career. Right. Because right. I don't like him as a player. Right. So, right. Let, so, let, so Foots Penguin can go to Subway and tell all of his, his coworkers that, you know, that, that, Brad, that, that he tweeted that out and Brad Marchand isn't playing anymore. Yeah. Good for you, pal. Good for you. What an absolute scumbag. Yeah. What an I mean, absolute scumbag. I mean, that's just taking it to another level. You don't, you don't wish upon career-ending injuries on no. anyone. You don't wish injuries on anyone. No. I don't want people on other teams getting hurt. No. I, I, I want the Bruins to, to play well, play the right way, hit, be physical. But you don't, you're not wanting anyone to get hurt. No. You want the Bruins to win the game. Of course not. Of course not. So, That's I mean, what, just an absolute scumbag comment from a scumbag fan base with a scumbag coach and some scumbag players. <laughs> there it is. The St. Louis Blues. <laughs> All right. Top seven Bruins Benders podcast power rankings. Number seven, your St. Louis Blues. <laughs> After it, uh, they had one nine in a row and had, had, playing, one. had one nine in a row. Have been playing extremely well and. And the Bruins beat them, which was fantastic. Number six, Carolina Hurricanes are stumbling some. They dropped three spots. They're five and five in their last 10. It was a team that 
I was definitely afraid of. The Bruins have been just destroyed by this Well, season. they they probably get healthy and, and back probably. to feeling good about themselves if they play the Bruins. Oh, probably. Number five, Calgary. Go up a spot, 7-2-1 in their last 10. They've been very good. Uh, number four, the New York Rangers. Go up a spot. They've won three in a row. And number three, Toronto Maple Leafs. They move up one spot. They've won four in a row. They've just been pretty good. Great all year long, really. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's really good. Consistently good. And I, you know, the people who say, well, you know, we should play Toronto because of the history. I'm telling you, and you've said it before, I'm scared to death of them. Scared to death. Yeah. And and eventually they're going to break break through. They are. They and are. Uh, I'd rather not have it be against the Bruins. No, no, you don't want that at all. Uh, number two, Colorado Avalanche. Maybe the only team in NHL history to drop a spot in, in the power rankings and go nine and one in the last ten. <laughs> but they do because the Florida Panthers take the top spot. They go up one spot. They've won eleven in a row and are an absolute wagon. They've scored well over three hundred points. They're like a plus one hundred and fifty. They're just ridiculous. They are. They they, they are. they're just finding ways to win now. Like yeah. they're down, they're down huge. They they score all the goals. They come back and win it. They are in a tight game. They score them late and win it. They're just mm-hmm. finding ways to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're never out of a game. They're just an absolute wagon, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be extremely tough to beat mm-hmm. in the postseason. Here we go for the bottom three now of the Bruins Benders Power Less rankings. Coming at number thirty, the Philadelphia Flyers have lost six in a row. They aren't very good. <laughs> Their goal differential is minus 89. Oh, boy, are they bad. They are bad. And they've been bad since, basically since that 2010. I mean, they've gone significantly downward since 2010, right? Oh, no, they lost in the finals to the to the Blackhawks in 2010. They lost that goal. Kane scored and no one thought it was in the net. Yeah, they, I mean, uh, they... That was 2010 when they beat the Bruins. Yeah, since they, then, it's just been... I mean, they've had some good forwards. The defense hasn't been great and their goaltending's been... Awful. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, and that's a big part of why, why they aren't very good. Right. Yeah, Flyers coming in at number 30. Number 31, the Arizona Coyotes have lost seven in a row with a minus 106 goal differential. It's hard to be worse than Philadelphia. It's hard. Uh, but Arizona figured out a way to do it. Sure. And they're playing in like a Safeway parking lot or something. <laughs> yeah. And not sure yeah. they can pay the people. Yeah. They're going to play a... They're going to play a... I don't know if it's a preseason game or, or a regular season I game next know. year in like fucking Kansas City. Are they? Wow. I mean, the Kansas City Coyotes sounds, sounds pretty good to me. Sounds pretty good. It does. So uh, I'm telling you, Kansas City, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. St. Louis gets behind their team. Yeah. That's a really good fan base. Kansas City would accept them. Absolutely would accept They them. would. I mean, the Chiefs fans are, are bonkers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kansas City, I think, be better than Arizona. Oh, God, sake. my God. And then coming in at number 32, yo, Montreal Canadiens. They have lost six in a row, and they have a minus 100 goal differential. Uh, so, Mighty St. Louis had it going on for a little bit there. Seemed mm-hmm. like he had him turning the corner a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, they're back back to the uh, basement. Yeah. And uh, Sucks to suck. It'll be interesting to see what they end up doing if they bring him back as coach. It'll, it'll be interesting. They, they have a lot to do there. They do, and and he's he's kind of I'm I'm kind of surprised because he's kind of given a thing like we'll see what happens after the year's over. Like he might not want to do it either. Well, he might be like, well, this team sucks so much. I, I don't. I'm that's not sure I, I want to be a part of this. I mean, you have a guy who who didn't retire that not that. I mean, he retired pretty recently. He made a lot of money. I mean, it's, sometimes it's not worth the money for some of these former players who made millions and millions of dollars. Why would it be worth the money? Right? That team sucks. Yep. And he has no. I mean, he has no real connection to them. He played at Tampa Bay, and you yeah. know, he just, you know, he just. I, I mean, would. Vermont's close to Montreal. I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. All right, week ahead for the Bruins. April 21st, rematch. They'll take on the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. April 23rd versus the New York Rangers at home. April 24th, second of a back-to-back at Montreal. And then April 26th versus the Florida Panthers. Three playoff teams in Montreal in a second out of a back-to-back. Not an ideal week. No. I, no. I, we said going in... Look, week or two ago that the you know the end of the season schedule was difficult you know mm-hmm. a lot of playoff teams a couple of breaks they lost the auto game which you weren't necessarily hoping they would do yeah. montreal second out of a back-to-back that's not great it's you got to travel too so that's kind of a scheduled loss even though it's montreal and they're terrible yeah a difficult week if they go 500 i think you're feeling pretty good about that i think so too and then you have two games left after that sabers are home at toronto and you wrap up on the april 29th at Toronto, the playoffs begin on May 2nd, depending on the teams, I believe. All right, Benders poll. We had a poll this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Bruins Benders. To participate in the in the polls, who would you rather see the Bruins play in the first round? 147 votes. Number one, Toronto at 44%, 31% to Tampa Bay, 14% to Carolina, and 11% people who like misery go to the Florida Panthers. So there really uh, isn't a good cho- people. There really isn't a good choice. There really isn't a good <laughs> no. choice. No, there isn't. I mean, it's Toronto or Tampa. Carolina's owned you all year, even yeah. though they're struggling now. They've owned you all year. You don't want any part of Florida. No. You, you hope someone else can knock them off. So it's Tampa, two-time defending champs, or Toronto, who's played pretty well against you in the regular season as well. Yeah. And uh, seems to have figured some things out. So that's a difficult call. I think I said Tampa before, and I'll stick with too. that. Yeah. But um, there won't be any easy outs. That's no. for sure. I, I mean, I said Tampa because they've struggled some here, and I like to play Tampa for the same reason I don't want them playing Carolina or Toronto is because I think you might have a little bit of that revenge, extra motivation against Tampa because mm-hmm. they've eliminated you recently. Yep. They won two cups. You can rise to the occasion. You've played them well this season. Mm-hmm. It's all lining up for a pretty good series against Tampa. So that's the one I want for that reason. But again, it's the lesser of many evils. You know, that's that's the fact. All right, rate and review for charity. $1 goes to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. And go to InsideTheRink.com. For Bruins, Brenders merchandise, we have a couple of pricks shirts out there yeah we do we have we boston do. pricks and we have uh we need to play more like pricks which is what cassidy said uh, a little mm. while back and we we did have someone purchase a prick shirt already we did so go out and grab that uh wear it proudly around town it'll be a great little playoff precursors to where you're where you're we need to play like pricks bruce cassidy shirt yes wear that around it's it's get the t-shirt 65 degrees out like yeah prance around with that thing yeah let's get ready for playoffs we need to be pricks in the playoffs 100 percent. absolutely and follow us on twitter and instagram tiktok facebook at bruins benders subscribe to our youtube page a couple of interviews up there on there and download the inside the rink app and that'll do it for this episode episode 25 clinched with maddie and smitty we appreciate you joining us Have a great week and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.